you know, I had been putting so much pressure on myself um, to, you know, fulfill my aspirations, to, you know, fulfill the potential that I thought I had, that it had gotten to a point where it was actually preventing me from being the player that I wanted to be. And that I actually had to clear my mind um, and not clear it with clear it from the anxiety or clear it from the stress, but I had to, to kind of cultivate a different perspective towards it that would allow me to play with the freedom and the passion and the enthusiasm. If you want more power, better vision, and a bulletproof mindset, then I would like to welcome you to CG Plus, Complete Games Online Player Development Center. Now, baseball and softball players of all ages and skill levels can access a multimedia experience providing education and instruction on your personal mobile platform. Rob Cruz has put together an online video portal, a remote hitting program, as well as a series of online hitting courses boasting a curriculum that features pitch recognition strategies, power, video analysis, mental skills, and then some. For more info, log on to www.cg.plus. That's www.cg.plus to find out how you can complete your game today. Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations, and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. Hello, Nate Irvin. What's going on? What's up? Hold on, let me just uh, let me get you on my AirPods real quick. All right. Hello. Yep. Oh, I got you. Perfect. Perfect. What's going on? Uh, so, so my guest yeah. is. This is the Transcendent Sport Podcast. Quick station identification. I'm Rob Cruz, your host. My guest is Nate Irvin. He is. So many things to the Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Reds, <laughs> Cincinnati Reds uh, organization, <laughs> and um, and I want to just kind of dive into, you know, a little bit about wh what you do. First of all, I want you to you to tell us exactly what it is that you do for the Cincinnati Reds, and then from there, I want to go back. I want to backtrack to try to figure out how you got. Yeah, there. yeah. Right. Um, so I'm going into my fourth year um, working for the, the Reds organization um, in some various capacities. I got hired in uh, the very early months of 2019 um, when the Cincinnati Reds were putting together a new major league coaching staff. Um, I was hired as the major league bullpen catcher. Um, and I, along with my bullpen catching responsibilities, uh, also assisted our major league catching coach in basically the integration of data and biomechanics um, into the catching development uh, kind of system that we wanted to implement. Um, so I spent, uh, you know, the first year or so uh, focusing solely on the, the catching side of things. Um, and then over the next following two years, um, just being able to have guys in our, on our major league staff, like Donnie Ecker, who's now the bench coach with the, with the, uh, the Rangers, um, guys like uh, Joe Mather, who is now the head hitting coach with the Diamondbacks, and Alan Zinter, who's our our, our head hitting coach now. Um, being able to be around those guys was amazing, and they gave me the opportunity to uh, begin to contribute a little bit to our our offense and our, our hitting department. And so I began to do some some research and some some data work uh, for our offense in various capacities with you know, just swing analyzation, um, being able to understand what the technology that we have available to us and how we could integrate that from uh, a major league standpoint. And so I've done a, a few different things uh, for our major league club. And, and this season, I'm actually going to be moving into our player development department, which I'm really excited about um, in, a, in a capacity that will allow me to not only continue on the catching and hitting side, but also be around our, our prospects and hopefully, uh, you know, be able to help them in their development towards the big leagues uh, in a in a great way. So as you're talking, um, I'm sitting here as your former baseball coach <laughs> when you were 10 years old. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this kid is doing it i'm just like <laughs> beside myself man i'm really 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 proud and of you and thank you excited thank you and what the future holds for you and because you are 
just oh my god i'm sorry i just had a had a real moment because i remember now i remember 10 year old nat aka <laughs> nat nate you know yeah the biggest body Man. on the team oh yeah smooth swinging oh, yeah. all this power all this ability when you were 10 <laughs> and now it's like fast forward you know i don't even know how old you are now you got to be the same same age as my son i'm 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 29 now Yep, 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 you are. <laughs> it's crazy. But you know what? It's funny because, like, I, I look back at those days, too, and, like, something that I've become really grateful for over the years is, like, all the all of the experiences that I had as a kid when I was playing baseball. And, like, I, I grew up with parents who, like, had absolutely no idea what they were getting themselves into in terms of the baseball industry. Like, they have no athletic background. Um, and so I look back at all of these experiences that, that like just kind of came about when I was, when I was young and every single one of them has had, a, ha, has had an effect on, on who I, I am today and like the, the journey that I've taken within, within the game. So I'm just, I'm, I've become really grateful for the, even the experiences that we had when we were 10 and 11 years old, but like just the culture that we were in, you know, when we were that young, it kind of set the stage for us to really kind of do something with it as we got older. Yes, you're right, and it's funny because I got I got a I got a little bit of flack. <laughs> at least I can for, for being I can so tough on you guys. I, mean, I know you guys were only ten, but there was only one way I knew how to do it, and it's and you it's know? the it's the best way to do it too. And I mean, look, I I was just talking about this with my parents last night. If you look at that team that we had when we were ten and eleven years old, mm-hmm. we had three guys play professionally, and I think another two play in college. That's from a team that was like 10 and 11 years old. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's crazy. Um, so it's nice to be able to revisit those memories too, because it was a good time. That's true. That's great. And I'm really okay. proud of it. that whole team. Everybody's kind of, you know, killing it um, yeah. and doing their thing and doing what they got to do yeah. in their own right. Yeah. And I think we set the platform. We set the stage for these guys to go out, for you guys to go out and, and be the men that you, be here, you have. Absolutely. Become. You know what I mean? That's, Absolutely. Really, that's really what it was all about anyway. Absolutely. You know, so we're going to go ahead. I, I want to take a deep dive. So you, you, you come out of high school. Where are you from? Uh, from New York City. Uh, grew up in Manhattan, right at like kind of on the border of Manhattan and the Bronx. Uh, and then I moved to Westchester. Um, I think it was actually right before 9-11. I, I don't remember how old I was, to be honest. But um, moved to Westchester, kind of like right on the border of uh, Yonkers and Tuckahoe. Uh, my parents are still there. Same house, same deal. They haven't left. Um, and went to high school uh, at Riverdale Country School, which was in the Bronx. Um, yeah. So I was there for a long time. It was the only high, it was the only like like elementary, middle school, high school that I went to. My mom still works there. She's been there for like 32 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I played how baseball are you, how are there. I still see, I still see their faces. Great, like they, 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 <laughs> your mom has a permanent smile. I've never seen her not smile. <laughs> like she has like a permanent oh, smile. Oh my gosh. She's never not smiled. Ever. It's too fun. They haven't changed at all, man. Like wow. I come back every year and I'm like, you guys don't change. It's unbelievable. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so spent, uh, you know, spent my high school days at Riverdale. And then um, I was lucky enough to accept a baseball scholarship to the university of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went to, I went to UVA um, in the fall of 2011, spring of 2012 is my freshman year. Um, I was lucky enough to be in the opportunity to uh, play as a freshman. Um, I'd like to think that I, I earned that opportunity through, through the work that I did. And mm-hmm. uh, we had a really, really great team, um, made some some lifelong friendships. I'm actually about, in about two weeks, I'm gonna be uh, in a wedding with probably my best friend from college. And so it's nice to see those those relationships kind of come full circle. But um, yeah, so I played, played at UVA for three years from 12 to 14. Um, you know, had a had an unbelievable experience at UVA. I can't say enough about the the coaching staff and and the university there. Um, it was kind of became a second home for me, especially over the years that I started to play professionally. Um, in 2013, so my, my sophomore year, um, actually got an opportunity to play for the collegiate national team, Team USA, mm-hmm. um, and so that experience was amazing. Made some unbelievable friendships there, and ironically. A lot of those guys are now playing at the major league level, so I've gotten a chance to reconnect with them. Um, after my ju- my junior year in 2014, we went to the College World Series. Um, that was an amazing experience. We actually ended up uh, losing in the National Championship Series to Vanderbilt. Um, so that, that was disappointing, but it was an unbelievable experience that I, I don't think uh, I'll ever be able to, to uh, you know, let go of. Um, oh, no, that's... And- 
If you just end it right there, yeah, you've already lived the dream. You've already, you've already <laughs> lived, you've lived a lot of people's dreams just right there. It's, Stop right there. It's been, yeah, I know, I know, man. It's it's been crazy. Wow, um, that's great. But mm-hmm. but got got drafted in 2014 mm-hmm. um, by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, so I, I got assigned my first my first minor league team um, was the Hillsboro Hops out in Portland, Oregon. And so I got sent out to Hillsborough and I started my professional career. And ironically enough, um, the manager of that team was a guy by the name of J.R. House. And when I when I got to pro ball, um, you know, I was a, a role player, um, a backup catcher. You know, I, I, I played, you know, in matchup games against left-handed pitching, stuff like that. Um, but I was always, you know, I was always curious. I was always kind of wanting to figure things out and, and, and dive deeper into, you know, how I could improve my game and, and all that stuff. And um, I, I became close with our manager and, and over the years we kind of kept in touch. I ended up staying with the D-backs for two or three seasons. Um, and then I ended up with the Pirates in the, in the, the Pirates minor league organization. Um, played a couple of years, uh, about a year or two in the Pirates organization. Um, unfortunately, I got released and then I found myself in independent ball. Um, and I played independent ball for two or three years. Um, and to this day, I, I still kind of look back at that experience and think that it was actually the best thing that ever happened in my career. Um, because it was kind of that, like that turning point of, of, for me being able to say like, all right, I have to take ownership and accountability for my career if I really want to make this something. Um, and I need to figure out how to get better because I, I always felt like I had the potential to be, you know, a, a, the player that I dreamed of, but I wasn't able to do some of the things on the field that I saw other guys doing. And I was really curious as to why that was. And so being able to, to, to be in independent ball and play indie ball gave me the freedom to, you know, do some research on the side, start to look at different things, start to, you know, invest my time and energy into the things that I thought were really going to, um, you know, take, take my game to the next level. Um, and that's actually what, what, and what ended up driving me to, to stop playing. And I had, um, you know, a really cool experience in the development process, like kind of doing it myself um, and ended up having one of the best seasons uh, of my professional career, um, ironically, as one of my last seasons in indie ball. Um, and it was funny because over the course of that season, when I kind of started to, to put some things together and I started to be able to do the things that I had never been able to do on the field before, I all of a sudden started to, to look back and say like, you know, my career has been great. I've had so many amazing experiences in this game, but one of the things that I think I'm really driven to do now is to give back this information and give back this experience that, that I've had in the player development process, you know, to guys who are in my similar situation um, to be able to help them maybe get to get to the place that I wanted to get to um, in a little bit shorter of a time. And so I, I decided to step away from the playing side of the game. Um, I went back to UVA as the graduate assistant coach in the fall of 18 to spring of 2019. Um, that was an amazing experience, go, being able to go back um, on the other side of things and kind of experience that and see it from a different perspective. And then um, I was there for about, I don't know, maybe six or seven months. Um, and I remember this, I, I'll never forget this day. It was January 1st. I, I was driving back from New York to Virginia um, on New Year's Day because we had our, our preseason was going to start, you know, a, a week later. Um, and I got a call from J.R. House, who was my old manager when I was with mm-hmm. the D-backs. And we had kept in touch over the years and he knew that I was getting into the, the data biomechanics, you know, integration side of the game. Um, and he called me and said, hey, you know, we're, we're putting together a new major league staff and we want to hire a, a bullpen. We need to hire a bullpen catcher, um, but we'd like it to be someone who, you know, can help on the the data biomechanics integration side of things. And I specifically, he wanted that for the for the catchers. Um, and so the opportunity came about to, uh, you know, be the, the major league bullpen catcher for the Reds and, and be able to, you know, learn and experience different things, but also be able to, to help um, in any way that I could. And so I, I jumped at that opportunity and um, it's, it's grown immensely over the years and, and uh, it'll be a, an experience that I, I will be eternally grateful for. Um, you know, throughout my entire time in the game. And, and that leads me to, uh, to where I am now. I have a whole bunch of questions right now. So shoot them. Let's go. <laughs> First, what did you major in at UVA? So I was actually a double major in uh, international relations. So like uh, foreign affairs and Spanish. Um, and originally <laughs> I wanted to get into uh, kind of like international law because I, I thought the agency business was kind of cool. 
And I, I grew up, you, you probably didn't know this at the time, but like I grew up speaking a little bit of Spanish because of where I lived and the, like, the little leagues that I played in. Um, and so over the years, it kind of, it, it became easier for me to, to speak it and understand and stuff like that. And then when I got to uh, pro ball, I was like, oh, like this is actually kind of handy. Um, and so it, it actually just so happened that I double majored in it in college because it was one of the things that I, I could do from a class standpoint that was pretty easy for me to handle. And so when I needed when I needed credits, um, you know, I was able to take those classes uh, towards actually a second major and have them count for my degree as well. So it did just kind of like happenstance. It happened to work out really, really well. As, also as, went as, back. As a catcher. Yeah. Oh, as yeah. A, oh, as yeah. a catcher in minor league baseball, oh, the yeah. number of Latin American players that you had to probably communicate with in a game as a catcher. Oh, yeah. That had oh, to yeah. be a super, 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 super advantageous for you, huh? Yeah, and, and it was, and it's funny because whenever I, I would start to speak Spanish in front of guys who didn't know me, um, they'd be really confused because I, I am literally <laughs> the most non-Latino looking person on exactly. the face of the earth. But when you um, live in New York City, you have you have no choice. But. No doubt, no doubt. And so it was, a, it's been a great experience. It's yeah. honestly, it's helped me more from a coaching perspective too, because being able to communicate, you know, maybe some more advanced, um, you know, concepts or ideas um to these guys who are just coming up through through professional baseball who are from you know venezuela colombia dominican puerto rico cuba like all that stuff um it's been able it's been a really cool experience to kind of communicate with those guys be able to get to know them um and be able to really kind of create that connection with them that might not, might not have otherwise been there yeah, uh, yeah so that's been it's been a great experience but but yeah i, I went back to school uh after playing and i realized that um, the agency side of things was not really what I was super passionate about, but I had also I, I had realized that you know the the player development side of things was really where um, you know where my my passion was, um, and ironically enough, I was like the worst math and science student of all time when I was in high school and college. Like I, I vehemently uh, avoided math and science classes, but I had never actually just put it into the context of something that I was really passionate about. So when I started to get into yes all of that stuff from the baseball perspective, I was like, wow, the physics of the bat ball collision actually make a lot of sense to me. And like, oh wait, I can actually kind of build that out to understand, you know, bat path and, and swing sequences and how, you know, the, the physiology of someone's body affects how they swing and how they, how they swing affects how they strike the ball and the data that we can get from how we strike the ball, what that can mean and how we can build that out into a, a a system that can help players get better. So once I kind of started to put all that stuff together and I realized how interconnected it was, not only did I realize that I was actually good at it, but that I realized that I was actually super passionate about it too. Um, and so let, that's kind of how I, I got into that side. Well, let's talk about that. So yeah. um, you, I'm sure you know that I'm into that. With, I, I'm, work, I'm working with a lot mm -hmm. of technology companies. I'm actually a consultant for Diamond Kinetics. <clears throat> oh, sick. And um, I'm gonna be, in fact, I'm gonna be speaking in Vegas um, Diamond Connects is flying me, and um, I'm going to be speaking um, at the NFCA, the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association con That's um, awesome. uh, conference, and doing almost like I guess a, uh, I guess you can call it like a product demo, but just yeah. like just showing them how I use it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then also 4D Motion. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with that because <laughs> they're, they're the competitors of KVS. Um, I also I actually I actually know the guys at 4D Motion very well. I actually, I actually just. Uh, <laughs> I was just with them. They came out to Arizona. Yes, um, they were just in Arizona because I know they went over to Arizona State too. So they were <laughs> at Arizona State for softball, but I actually uh, I, I brought them into um, the facility that I, I, I've I've done a little bit of work for over the last couple of years called Push Performance out in Tempe, Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I've been working with uh, the guy who runs runs Push. His name is uh, DJ Edwards on being able to integrate. Um, a lot of the tech, especially what 4D Motion does from like a biomechanics side into what they do from a strength conditioning and performance side with a, like, the, like the movement physiology side of things, being able to really connect, um, you know, the, the strength and conditioning aspect of performance with the skill side of things too. So like, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, so 4D Motion is another, I also consulting with them. <laughs> That's awesome, so small they, world. Isn't it? So they sent me a, um, I'm not sure if you've seen the Gen 4, the Gen 4. Yeah, they're sick. They're How sick. sick you know, I can't even sleep at night thinking about this thing. I know. I, I, got I was still working that. with the Gen 2 sensors. I'm like, I'm like uh, uh, Conrad showed me the Gen 4 ones. I'm yes. like, my mind was blown. I was like, wait a minute. I could get like four biomechanics reports done in like 25 minutes. This is amazing. 
But let me let me tell you this though. Just I don't know if you knew this or not about Gen Three though. So if you go back to Gen Three, you can there's a concurrent feature on there. Yeah. So you can actually have five pitchers. Yeah. Pitch at the same time, connected to one device. Yeah, it's awesome. With the They've done a really cool job. With I that mean, they're, they're just really, really, really smart, cool and really, really. And what I like about it the most is that it's iOS. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got your yeah. phone out, and you're good, you know. So yeah, that's cool yeah. that we that we uh <laughs> that you know you, you small. You know, I'm not surprised, but I'm but I'm, a, I'm a, I've always been into technology, so that that was easy yeah. for me. That was an easy um, transition yeah. for me to, to transfer yeah. transition into understanding the the uh, you know the, the the biomechanics and analytics of the swing and. Batter mm-hmm. ball and, and integrating batter ball data with the body as well, and just kind of getting that yeah. full, the full snapshot of the athlete. So, what oh, types no. of th- what types of things are you guys doing specifically? What, what's your favorite metric? Since we're talking about tech, what's your favorite metric? Are you guys using Blast with with uh, the Reds, or are you using Diamond Kinetics or what? We 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 do we do have Blast. Um, from an organizational standpoint, we're still kind of building out those systems. And, and I, I was assisting our, our major league hitting coaches and, and kind of some ideas on how we could do that from a major league standpoint, just mm-hmm. with the with there being a long season. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're not around our, our players uh, year round. We only, you know, we're around them from, you know, the end of February until, you know, whenever the playoffs end. Um, but I, I, I don't have one specific favorite metric. But what I can say is that I think there is an immense amount of value in being able to connect dots between different, you know, modalities of technology, different metrics. And through that, we might be able to find one or two things that really stick out um, and, and are impactful, you know, within the realm of, of everything that we have available to us. So something that I got into last year was, um, you know, batted ball spin, batted ball spin axis and how what that meant. Uh, in terms of, of being able to understand bat path and, and like the collision, the, the physics of the bat ball collision, you know, how we could build that out to understand, okay, you know, versus different pitch types, versus different handedness of the pitcher, you know, which are our guys squaring the ball up uh, consistently? You know, are they, are they giving themselves the most room for error that they could possibly have in their bat path? Um, and you can start to see some connections between, you know, consistency and, and not just consistency of results, but consistency of swing quality, consistency of batted ball quality, stuff like that, that you can see in like the expected stats that we have available to us, like expected slug, expected woba, like all that. You can kind of start to see some connections between those two. And that for me is where it, where it gets really cool. And like, th- this is stuff that, you know, I find really interesting. I know that, you know, I- I'm kind of a, a nerd in that, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with all of the numbers that are going on in the game these days, it can be really overwhelming and complex sometimes. But beneath all of that, there's a really, a really interesting foundation of, of you know, skill, movement, um, and, and the ability to, you know, have that stuff that we actually have control of, that we can actually build upon it and develop. Um, and so that's kind of what I, what I've focused on is, is narrowing down exactly what we have control over as hitters, as throwers, as catchers, or whatever it may be. Um, and once we understand what we do have control over, then we can track it and we can pick out things that we, that we understand are really important to it. And we can build those and be able to track them at the same time, um, and create this really holistic process for player, for player development. Um, and so that, from, from that, that standpoint, so that, well that's said. what I've got really into. That's so well said. And that's, that's. You know, as a because I'm not a team coach, but when I do consult different college programs, like I'll go in and I'll do a technology implementation strategy for like whatever school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'll say, okay, you have this is what you have. You got Rapsodo, you got, you know, Dynakinetics, Blast, whatever you got. Mm-hmm. This is who you have in terms of your staff and resources uh, yeah. that, that people and what they're capable of doing in terms of their knowledge. And then you have your, your, tra- your, your practice economy and your training economy. You know, yep. how much time do you have like to actually do it? So, you know, and, and with a lot of teams, they don't have a full time Nate Irving. <laughs> that could, yeah. That's going to be up to four in the morning, crunching numbers and, and figuring out guys, <laughs> you know, you got to, yeah. it takes a certain level, certain level of dedication for that. But I think where sure. you're, what makes you unique, Nate, is that you played the game your whole life yeah. and you have the ability to have this insight because of you, because you played it you struggled and you figured out your own issue or issues 
through through yep. through research and tech and things like that and assessment. No doubt. And then now you're nerding out on all of the stuff that people don't even want to deal with. Like most baseball guys yeah. don't want to sit at a freaking laptop and look at numbers and stats and and, and make it's not. There's no passion, right? And it's okay. It's not. It's not wrong with not having a passion for it. But when you when you have both, and when you're bringing both to the table, I think that sets you apart from most of the guys who just only do that. No you doubt. They're and, not and bringing that, so, that. So when you use the word holistic, though, you said holistically put together. That's a key word because oh yeah. only you oh can yeah. do that because of what you what you've gone through. Like you know your your no journey doubt. your journey prepared you to be able to have that unique um, perspective on what you what you're, what you're getting. Yeah. And, and it's funny you, you, you bring up like the playing experience too. And like, there are two things that I, I really consider to be like, like experiences that have been really impactful to me on this kind of journey. And one of them was that when I got to professional baseball, I sucked. And like, it's, it, it, it sucked in the moment. Like nobody likes not, not being good and not getting results, but the fact that I had put all of this time and effort in to my career, um, and, and I was a gym rat, and I, I you know, would hit endlessly, um, and I still wasn't seeing the results for it. That was something that was really impactful because it drove me to figure out why, and having to kind of search for the why behind everything was the thing that kind of really, really interested me uh, in in getting into that side of the game. And then the second one was actually, I mean. Every, if you're a professional baseball player at some point, like, you know, the grind, like you got to give lessons in the off season, you got to find extra work, stuff like that, um, just to kind of make ends meet at times. And so over the years, like I, I would give lessons to, you know, anybody from the age of like eight to, you know, 25 and having to be in a, in an environment where you were trying to break down these concepts that you were the ideas and concepts that you were having that are a little bit more complex, but to do it with a 12 year old um, has really, really helped because the the experience of having to speak a lot of different languages and use a lot of different vocabulary to get the same result or to accomplish the same task has paid off immensely because realistically when we're using all of this data and technology we're not trying to coach to the data and technology we're not trying to tell a guy yo you know you hit a ball at 101 miles an hour but your batted ball spin was up near 3500 and we know that the ball's not going to carry when it spins that much so let's you're not going to say let's try to work on your batted ball spin like that's just not a thing but what we can say is, you know, okay, so here's that number. What we know about it is that it has a little bit to do with, you know, how you're striking the ball, how you're striking the ball has a little bit to do with your bat path. And so it can turn into a, a, a queuing system of like, okay, we can track the trends of let's something like batted ball spin. And when it's trending in a different direction or a direction that we don't want it to trend in the queuing and the, the, the adjustment can be, hey, let's make sure that we let the ball get as deep in the zone as possible and we're staying trying to hit a line drive to the middle of the field. And that might be something that would work for a certain player. For another player, it might be a more internal cue. It might be like, hey, let's try to get your back elbow attached to your back hip you know, early in, early in your swing. And when you say go, when you launch, all you're trying to do is slot it early and, and that cue works for a guy too. So yeah. being able to kind of understand how it's all connected, but also be able to speak a lot of different languages within that, for me, has been one of the most impactful experiences of, of my entire career. And I'm gonna tell you, you hit it. Oh my God, you're preaching right now because I think the fact that you're, it, it, and I think they call it experiential knowledge. <laughs> yeah, because, because you went thing. Because you went through it, you yeah. know it on a on a deeper level. Yeah. Because you no had doubt. to dig yourself out of a hole, you can help somebody else get out of a hole differently than somebody else who only knows the philosophy of digging out of somebody out of a hole. No doubt. So no that, doubt. That, that's been, key. Been fun. And, and the people that yeah. I run into in this in this business of whether it's a college coach or you know, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for the LSU softball staff specifically <clears> because they were lesson people. They did they did tons and tons of lessons before they got there. So yeah. they're going to have a little bit more of a unique perspective on development because they've worked with nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds for, sure. for so long. For sure. For sure. And now it's easier, like you said, to speak multiple languages because just because I only, if I can only speak one, if I can only speak my language and I got to make mm -hmm. everybody translate my language to the, to, the, to the language, no, I'm going in, I'm talking your language. And then when I'm working with someone else, I'm going in, I'm talking that person's language. And then I'm going in and working with someone else, I'm talking. I'm talk, I'm, I'm, no I'm, doubt. I'm meeting them where they are. And that, that's that's critical for development because it's such a personal 
almost spiritual thing and play it about. No doubt. No doubt. And I mean, I, like uh, one of the things that for me is, is has been really important, something that I, I've really um, loved about the process of kind of getting into the, the player development side of things is like that relationship aspect that you can have with with players that you work with. And, um, you know, the reason why I wanted to get into this space was because I, I love the game. Um, I love all the ins and outs and all the possibilities within it with how we can understand things to a greater level. But at the, at the, at the core root of it, like, man, we just want to help people have success. You know, we just want, we just want to help guys, you know, be the best version of themselves because from our experiences, you know, maybe we didn't have the resources uh, available to us in our playing careers that would have, would have allowed us to do the same thing. And so we want to be able to give that back to the guys who do have that available to them now. Um, and it, it's been it's just been an amazing experience to kind of cultivate those relationships, be be a part of guys' processes, um, hopefully be a positive impact on some, some guys' careers. Um, and that that really is the, the the fulfilling aspect of it. It's not about, you know, uh, you know, how well you can break something down or how many different tech things you can integrate into player development. But realistically, it's like, hey, man, you know, we're all trying to do what's best for 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 the players. Um, and if we can have a positive a positive impact on someone's career, no matter what language we speak, no matter how many tech things we use, but you know that at the end of the day is what is what's most important. That's cool. That's great. So, how, how much how much did you think um, the blending of the old philosophies mm -hmm. and the newer philosophies is plays a role in what you guys are doing with the Reds and in baseball in general, from your experience? And so, I'll, I'll, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. I'll speak on it from the the kind of the general baseball industry side, and I think um, the the purpose of being able to use a lot of the tech stuff um, again I, isn't isn't to you know put it in front of a player and say like you know hey these are the specific metrics that we want to work on. I think that there, there there comes a time and place for that, but it's to be able to create bridges and connect dots between you know why you know, we want to take our first couple rounds of BP using the opposite field. And then to go one step, you know, into that, it's like, okay, how do we do that? How do we accomplish that? So we have a task of saying, you know, okay, we want to hit the ball of the opposite field. You know, we've been doing this for, for years in baseball. Um, but why is that important? And how we do that is probably the most impactful thing to go into it and so we have this this idea of like all of the things that we've heard within the baseball world for a long time you know line drives stay in the middle of the field um you know like especially situational hitting like i think we now have the opportunity to really quantify what makes someone good at that stuff and so it's not to say like hey you know we need to get this job done or you know, we just need to use the opposite field at whatever cost, because that sometimes can actually force guys into a movement profile or, or into a mechanical profile that may not be best for them. But we can use that that task, that 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 idea that may come from a more traditional sense of, of the game or a more, a more traditional perspective of the game. And we can understand why it's really important. And once we can understand why it's really important and how to accomplish it uh, in a way that best fits the player, now all of a sudden we've blended both. We've blended both perspectives and we've seen why each are important. And the player can choose, can pick and choose what, what is really impactful for him or her. Um, and that's how they can create their own idea of self-coaching. And I think realistically, the point of all of it is to kind of remove the coach from the process. Like the best thing that can ever happen is for a player to say that they don't need us anymore, you know? Like, and they got it and they, they have the, they have the, the, the toolbox, they have the script or, or whatever it may be. Um, and they can execute it on their own and they can be their best, their best self coach. And so from the, the, you know, traditional versus more progressive sides of the game, I think they both have to be accounted for because there's value in both because they're different languages and everybody's going to speak a different language. Um, but it's being able to understand the connection between the two where I, is where I think there's a lot of value. That's great. Stuff. So from a so let, let's let's go back to um, ACC baseball. Yeah. What was that like, and what was what were some of the things that you, that were that, that uh you were like wow ACC? But if you had to say talk about ACC baseball as a brand, like that brand yeah. of softball, that culture of the ACC. I mean, it's happy. yeah, it's, it's so competitive, man. 
Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it has been that way for as long as I can remember, but. Um, no doubt. Um, what was it like experiencing that, you know, as a, a New York City, you know, and then, I'm just, <laughs> a lot of New York City baseball players are not going to the ACC. I mean, New York City baseball yeah, players, they, they go to like the Ivies, they go to yeah. Fordham, you know, they go to yeah. Stony yeah. Brook, you know what I'm saying? And nothing wrong with those yeah. schools, Fairfield, Quinnipiac, yeah. UConn, but nothing wrong with those yeah. schools, UMass. But no, no. but the ACC, you know, that's uh, 2011 is when, you, you know, that's that wasn't that really happening. Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, life-changing. Um, yeah. Just being being able to um, experience you know, what it takes to be a successful team, um, in that competition area, like in that, in that, uh, world that is so uber competitive and, and truly driven by wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only like there, there, yeah, there's pressure, there's, there's pressure to perform. Um, but I think what that does is it allows you to, you know, dig into those, those, those qualities about yourself um, that will take you further in life too. Um, and so the interesting part about it, obviously it's, it's an amazing experience. You know, we were treated so well. Um, we had amenities available to us that I, I know that not a lot of other players were or had available to them. Um, and the competition was there, you know, the, the team, the team aspect of things, was probably one of the biggest things that I came away with because it really showed me personally, you know, how important not only relationships are, but also, you know, that, that value of togetherness, that value of, of accomplishing things together as a group um, that never goes away from any team sport. You know, I think, and, and I've noticed it from even the, the big league level, like, you know, the, the, the team aspect of things is never going to go away. And so at that level, having, you know, the, the competition be so high, but also having, you know, the team's, the team's success be at the forefront of, of why we were all there. Um, it's, a, it's an unbelievable experience, um, you know, outside of all of the other amenities or, or experiences that you'll have playing at that level. So um, I just, I can't say enough about my experience there, or, you know, how, for however what long was, I, I... What was it like coming from the Northeast and be going into the uh, immersing into or you know integrate integrating into the, the southern culture because you know it's a big <laughs> southern culture is a big part of baseball like that's, uh, if you go to the south it's it's baseball yeah. culture is yeah way yeah. different than any other culture subculture in the, on the, in the united states of america or even anywhere so what, sure. was that so like? I, what was that like for you um when I was in high school, I got a little bit of a, of a preview to it. When I was in high school, um, I, I got the opportunity to go down to uh, Tennessee mm-hmm. and play for a, you know, a, a, a team that was based out of, um, out of Memphis. And we had guys from all over. Uh, the, team, the team was called Doolin's Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was run by a guy named Tim Doolin who had played you know, professional baseball for a long time. Um, and so I was able to kind of get, get some of that experience before I got to college. Um, and ironically enough, one of my one of my really, really um, dear friends from my experience down there is a guy by the name of Mookie Betts. Um, okay. And we were actually road roomies uh, back in high school. We would kind of travel all around the South and Mookie had just gotten drafted and it was like our senior year of high school. He just gotten drafted and was going through that whole process. And I was about to get ready to go to college and stuff like that. And so it, it's it's something that I, I, I am almost. Uh, more grateful for than anything in this whole experience has been able to be the, the ability to meet different guys, um, you know, experience different cultures within our own country and, you know, internationally. Um, and just to have all of those different experiences for me has, has made this, this whole journey, um, you know, worth it in a way, because I feel like I've come away with, um, uh, you know, just a really interesting understanding of, people but the world and 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 all of that stuff so like taking the baseball side out of it um that's been one of like an amazing experience but going back to like the the going down to the 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 south from new york um it was a little bit it was it was a little bit of a culture shock at first for sure um i had some experience (laughs) with it i had some experience with it before so i was like i i I got i got to feel my way through it before i actually was completely immersed in it and this is actually a funny story when i got to uva Mm -hmm. um it might've been like my sophomore year, but I, I finally had a car in college. And so when I was, when I had my car down at UVA, I, w- I remember driving down one of the streets and um, 
they were like crosswalks, but they didn't have a, a stoplight. And you, I mean, when you're when you're from New York City, right? Like you wait for the traffic to stop before crossing the road. Like that's just kind of assumed because it's New York. Right. <laughs> and I remember driving down the road and something like someone just walks out into the crosswalk and I'm like, you know, 50 feet from the crosswalk. I'm like, yo, like, what are you doing? I don't like this is this is that was ridiculous. Like you were even looking. <laughs> right, right. Literally two literally two days later, the same thing happened. And I'm like, all right, this is this is kind of weird. I remember I was I was walking one time and I it, it clicked. I was like, wait a minute. Down here, the cars stop for people. People don't stop for cars. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Right. All right, cool. <laughs> I got it. I understand. But it took me a second to figure that out. Yeah, that's that's pretty um, good. That's good. Yeah, so now, it was, it was now coming experience. out of coming out of the college, yeah, and this is you know, you get to the pro level, mm -hmm. go to the minors and everything. What do you feel like college and minor league baseball were on? Was the same in terms of like level of difficulty in in, in, in competition, or do you feel like? College was a little step, a little click behind, a little click up. What's your perspective on that for you and your experience? Um, I think they're as similar as you make it. And I say that because no matter where you go in the game, you're always going to have different, you know, environments, different experiences, different cultures, different, um, different everything. And so when you go from college to pro ball, you know, it's not going to be the same. But I think the one thing that does stay the same is the game. The game never changes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our environment and, and where we are within the game can kind of um, seem to take more precedence. Um, and it can change our outlook on things where, you know, when you go from college to pro ball, um, you know, it can seem like, you know, uh, a different environment where there's a little bit more pressure or like that you're just a little bit less comfortable. Um, but at the root of it all, it's the same game and, and the, the stuff that you saw in college, the the pitching that you saw in college or the hitters that you faced in college, if you're a pitcher, you know, a lot of times they're the same guys that you're facing in pro ball, but it's just a different environment. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think having the understanding that, yes, environments will change, you know, obviously the level of competition will change, the talent level will grow, but at the root of it all, the game is still the same. Um, and so the, the more that you can make that the priority, um, and that the, the kind of the, the emphasis of your training where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm when I get into this this level or if I go from college to pro ball or if I go from single A to double A or double A to triple A or triple A to the big leagues, like the game doesn't change. And my approach to the game doesn't have to change because I've, you know, moved around different levels. But my my work, my training, my game preparation, you know, it's always about being able to, uh, you know, take all of that stuff and apply it to the game. And then I will grow with the level that I'm at. And I think the something that's really cool in the baseball industry now is that, you know, through different things like science and data and whatnot, we started to understand that, you know, having more challenging training really does take a great effect on game performance. And I, mean, I remember this is something that we did at UVA. Like we would hit off of, you know, machines that were throwing 85 mile an hour sliders or something like that. And at the time when you're in college, it's just kind of what you do. Um, but then you get to, you know, for me, my experiences in pro ball, and now all of a sudden we have the information to be able to create the same exact slider that some of our guys are going to see that night in a game. And we can set up a machine to know exactly where a pitcher's, you know, average release point is going to be. And so now we have, the, we have the ability to manipulate the environment to replicate the game as much as we possibly can. And that's the cool part because now the game really does take precedence and we're training and we're preparing for the game, you know, to the best of our ability, but yet the game is still the same. And so I think obviously there are going to be jumps here and there, they're going to be different environments, they're going to be different experiences, but at the root of it all, the game is still the same and we have the ability to train ourselves and prepare ourselves for the game no matter where we're at. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Cruz, and I'm going to let you know how you can get 15% off any purchases you make at DiamondKinetics.com. Whether it's the DK Swing Tracker for baseball or softball or the DK Pitch Tracker for baseball or softball, you will get 15% off by using the promo code ROBCRUZ. That's R-O-B-C-R-E-W-S at checkout. Check out DiamondKinetics.com and get your 15% off today.
did or you know thought strategies yeah 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 self-talk yeah. um a, a mental approach to to, to the game mm-hmm. um to keep to keep yourself where you needed to be mentally as a player and then what are some of the things that yeah. you're doing with the guys that you're coaching now to help them to grow yeah. and mature more mentally and emotionally for sure um so something that i kind of realized when i got into the pro side of the actually I fast forward something that i realized when i got to indie ball was mm-hmm. that i had um you know played with dealt with um experienced a lot of anxiety um and this was kind of before like that that real push had happened within sports to kind of you know make make a lot of that stuff um mainstream um but i got to i got to indie ball and i kind of like looked at myself in the mirror and i realized that you know i had been putting so much pressure on myself um to you know fulfill my aspirations to you know fulfill the potential that i thought i had that it had gotten to a point where it was actually preventing me from being the player that i wanted to be and that i actually had to clear my mind um and not clear it with clear it from the anxiety or clear it from the stress but i had to to kind of cultivate a different perspective towards it that would allow me to play with the freedom and the passion and the enthusiasm that you know i kind of i kind of do naturally and so I, I, I kind of came to that realization and I started investing some time in understanding the value of like mindfulness and meditation mm-hmm. um, and being able to, to actually start to incorporate that. Originally, I kind of started to, to incorporate that stuff as a part of like my own training, so to say, because um, I, I started to realize that like the more that I took time to really like take care and look after my own mind, um, the more impactful all of the training that I, that I, I did um, was like it was it was becoming more impactful because of the the training that I was doing for my own mind um, it allowed me to be more present it allowed the the things that I was trying to work on to actually take hold a little bit quicker because I was I was present in the moment with what I was doing but I was also um, aware of of how things were working how things how things were were going on within my body within my mind stuff like that um, and so at this point I've become a huge advocate for not only, you know, just like mental skills, but also the emotional side of, of that area within the game of being able to understand, you know, how we think, why we think and, and using that to our advantage, but also being able to take care of ourselves at the same time. And so I think they're kind of, um, they're two different, huge, huge benefits in investing in that side of the game. And one of them is the effect that it will have on our performance and on our training, which is, you know, we can be more intent driven when we are working on things, we the, the things that we're working on from a physical standpoint can actually start to manifest themselves quicker because we are present with the work that we are doing. And then from the emotional side, um, being able to understand our thought process, being able to understand our emotions and, and be aware of them um, can help tenfold in the performance aspect of things because obviously there are so many distractions that go on no matter what level you're at. Um, and being able to just have the awareness to understand when your focus is shifting and to be able to bring it back to the present moment is something um, that I think probably like it it could be that number one thing that all of the great athletes do. Um, And so I've become super passionate about that. I think it's a huge part of, of the performance industry and and obviously on the professional side and the college side. That's good stuff. I I think mental health, you know, I think we're having more, the, the conversation regarding mental health is becoming coming more to the forefront of the conversations that we're having in, in men's competitive sports. Yeah. Because it's always been like throughout the years, you know, men don't cry, you know, don't, yeah, be, a, right. don't be a wuss, don't be a baby, handle it, suck it up. Mm-hmm. You know, what? all the things that we heard growing up, but hey, you know, mental health and anxiety and, you know, all these different things are real issues that are real issues that are affecting people and it's affecting affecting their quality of life and i'm just now realizing that as an as an as a super adult (laughs) you know and and i feel you man and i you know after the pandemic and and what a lot of people have gone through during the pandemic um i feel like i feel like i'm seeing it more with the athletes that i'm coaching and I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm have to be a little bit more sensitive to whatever may be going on, you know. Whereas before, you know, I, would, I would be a little tougher, no but now I'm, just, I'm trying to be a little more mindful of. I don't know exactly what's going on, but I do know that this game 
has the ability to help people get through whatever they're going on. And no I want to, and I want to be the one that helps. Have you, have you been able, have you seen a, a change in, in, in certain guys, you know, uh, development, uh, with, no doubt, with no doubt. Pandemic and on the mental health side? Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. And honestly, from the, from the coaching side of it, now that I've kind of gotten into that, that industry, um, my own work in that side, like personally has helped me be able to understand players better and to be able to understand their, their fears and insecurities, their, their drive, their determination, their passion, like what makes them tick. I've, I've kind of learned that if I hadn't done that work, I probably wouldn't be able to connect with guys. And so that's been something for me that like has been really impactful from the, the non-playing side because, but so just from, you know, the, the, the non-playing side, like it's been just as impactful on my, you know, coaching life or, or, or life and player development, because for me, it's, it's, it's enabled me to um, understand guys on a different level and not just, you know, what they're, physical skill is and uh, what their talent level is but to be able to understand them from a human standpoint as well because that's such a huge part of you know who we are within this game it's like who we are as people um and so that's been something that i've become really grateful for and just having those experiences as a player because i feel like it's it's allowed me to you know relate to guys but also help them in the best ways that i can um you know regardless of philosophy or or theory or whatever it may be yeah that's good I feel the same way. I had, I've had, you know, done some work personally, and then it, ch- it just changes your entire perspective on oh, everything yeah. around you, relationships. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, between your parents, between your friends, between your 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 your, your kids that you that you're working with, you know. It's like, okay, I, I'm seeing you more, as more of a complete human being than I did before. <laughs> No doubt. And, and realistically, that, that's that's always, you know, whoever whoever we're, we're working with, whoever we have relationships with, whether it's professional or, or personal, whatever it may be, like that, that's 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 the thing. Like we're all just people at the end of it. And like baseball that's players, right. yeah, they're baseball players, but, you know, they're also just people, people, you know, and, and, and to take account for that, I think is huge. And I, 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 to take account for that, I think, is something that can help in the player development process tenfold, because once we can understand you know that we are all just human and we all go through the same things we all go through the same anxieties you know we can start to help each other in that way too um and and so i think it's a really really cool aspect of of team sports but also you know how it's applied now in the professional side of the industry that's great so we have so um how long you're in town for i'm here for yeah 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 so i'm I'm here for about a week Uh, i got in i took the red eye from phoenix on monday night i was fantastic um and uh, I'm, I'm heading back on saturday saturday evening so i'll be here for a little bit and uh you know get to see some family which hasn't happened in a long time um and uh you know have a have a great time here and then then get back to work out in arizona sounds good you doing some doing anything with them off you have uh, any off season uh things that got you got you doing or are you just gonna be yeah so i i work with a bunch of guys remotely uh some of our Reds guys and some of our Red catchers all, you know, program, you know, some throwing program stuff, some skill development stuff, just so that they can, you know, have some structure to, to their offseason work. Uh, you know, if they don't have a specific facility that they go to or a specific, you know, coach that they see in the offseason. So I'll do that. Um, you know, I've been I've been helping out this place uh, push performance in, in Arizona with some, um, you know, catching stuff, but also some data integration stuff and where, where, where they want to go from, you know, a, a physical performance side. Um, so it just cultivating some different experiences, being able to, uh, you know, also take some time to, to reflect and, and, you know, do some things that, you know, we don't get the time to do during the season. Um, but it's been, it's been a great experience moving out to Arizona was, uh, besides for the fact that it's 75 degrees and sunny all the time, I'm walking around, walking around New York now being like, ah, yeah, that's, that's the reason I moved out to Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was out this morning so I, earlier and I was like, are you kidding oh, me? Yeah. It's really 28 oh, degrees right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of what my off seasons look like nowadays. And um, it's great, you know, uh, being able to get into some different stuff and have some time to, to you know, also work on work on some things personally and, um, you know, just take it, take it one day at a time. That's great. So Nate, it's really been 
on so many levels. It's been great having you on the show. I don't know if I've ever had anybody on the show that um, I, that that goes so far back with. Obviously, we <laughs> obviously we're reconnecting, but you know, I yeah. only have this image of this this big ten year old, <laughs> biggest kid on the team, tallest kid. Everything just came easy for you. You had you just had so much natural. Uh, uh, you know, thing about the game, it just came natural to you as far as I, I always saw. You had these big eyes, that, you always had these big eyes, and you always looked like, <laughs> Who, me? What, me? Yeah, right. Oh, oh my god, this kid. <laughs> <laughs> and now here you are. I, I'm just really like, like I said, a lady. You played on you played on a team with some, we had some good. Uh, I was thinking back to, uh, I think you, you, you had Colin Moran on your team, dude. You we it Colin? was myself, Colin, Colin Moran, yep. who I've seen actually. I've, I, I've, I've seen Colin more in the last three years than I probably did in my entire life. Where is he now? He's with the Pirates. Yep, well, he's, he's with the Pirates, the pirates. pirates. and yeah. I've, I've been with the Reds, so we play we play the Pirates, you know, yeah. 25 times a year. Um, and you remember, I was so just remembering about Colin, he, you know, he and his brother Brian was, was, was also, yeah, of course. And I yeah. played, I played against their uncle, um, years yeah. ago who played with the Brewers. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. um, but you know, Colin kind of peaked kind of late. Oh, yeah. And oh, he yeah. became the uh, his, stud of all studs, though. Like that dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, my his God, story is, is incredible. So and I think, more, and I think he's still, he's still just reaching his potential as a hitter at the big league level too. Like yeah. he, if you look at his, his numbers over the course of the last few years, like he just continues to get better and better and better. It's like, you know, his swing decisions get better and better. His quality of contact gets better and better. And like, just from a, an opposing team standpoint, like he's some guy that over the, over the last couple of years is, you know, when we play the pirates, he's a guy that we focus on, you know, on, on how to, how to take care of from a, a pitching standpoint too. So just knowing him for all those years, I'm so happy for him. And, and so, so happy for the, the, course that his career has taken and but you know, it, yeah when, it was when Colin was five years old let me tell you a true story his brother would be in the cage I'd be in the cage with Brian and mm -hmm. Colin would be like the little brother that's too young to take lessons and he yeah. would be in the freaking mirror doing everything that his brother did in the lesson that uh, doesn't surprise me at all I swear to you and I'm it like I'm looking at this kid I'm like I'm actually looking at him in the mirror while he's doing that in the mirror I'm like oh <laughs> this kid's gonna be good <laughs> Yeah, right. What about was, um, you know Henry Hurst got drafted yes, by Pirates? Yes, so right? it was it was it was. You, you were on that team with Henry, right? Henry was on that Henry, team. Henry yeah. Hirsch, yeah. Uh, Zach Tax. That's right. Zach. Um, yeah. yeah, we had we had like a little group of guys that that okay. was that you know played in college professionally and stuff like that. It's been mm -hmm. so cool to kind of like see that all come full circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Henry was like the only ten year old. I mean, I'll go back. He was the only nine year old. That was hitting the ball like way over the fence, like yeah. way over. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, back in those days, he had that, you know, and he had the ability to throw hard. He just didn't really put it together until a little bit late in terms of like mm -hmm. he, got, he got he got serious late later on. Yeah, and then it just became because I remember his dad calling me. I was down in Baton Rouge, um, work, doing something with LSU, and I'm in my in my room, and his dad called me out of nowhere. He said, "I just want to thank you. You know, I don't know if you know or not, but Henry got drafted by the Pirates." And I was yeah. like, "Wow, that was that was uh, that was a good phone call <laughs> because I, I had no yeah. idea. I had no idea that he was still even serious about baseball. For sure, I had no For idea. Sure. It's funny how things come and go like that. Yeah, man. So it's funny how things come and go like that. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, it, for, for my yeah, listeners, uh, Nate, how can they get yeah. in touch with you? Social, whatever they have. You want to? Yeah, for sure. Them? So. I am I'm on Instagram as Nate N A T E B Irving I R V I N G. Um, shoot me a follow. Feel free to shoot me a DM. Um, I don't have ten thousand followers, so I will I will definitely get get the uh, the direct messages and and would love to you know talk shop uh, just just help in, in whatever way that I can. If there if there's anybody that you know needs some guidance or 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 even you know opinions on on training or or even would like to train stuff like that, I'm I'm here for. You know anybody in the industry that that wants to, you know, continue to to grow grow who they are as a person and a player and stuff like that, and and uh, I'm 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 all ears for it. So IG is your is your is your is your go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I have I have Twitter and stuff, but I, I'm not as active on on the Twitter side of things. I use it more for like a, a news resource than anything else. But um, right. but yeah, I, Instagram would be the best place. And um, hit me up. You know, I'm 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 there and and uh, ready and willing to help whatever they, way, way that I can. All right, Nate, you have a wonderful holiday season. Please you too, tell man. your parents. Say hi to your I will. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll say hi to everybody for you. 
Sit, sit, I'll tell, I'm like, I gotta tell you when I talk to you too. He's gonna be like, what? <laughs> me? What? Oh my gosh, yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna oh, get awesome. I'll tell my parents and said hi, man. It's, Please it's so tell them awesome. that I asked so about them. You know, I, I took a picture at your Instagram, by the way, the other day. And I was, I was yeah. with your parents. They have not freaking aged. I'm telling you, bro. They Dude, I was so like, cool. is this, a, is a, this can't be right. This can't be, this has to be an old picture. And then I, went, I, said, I was going back at other pictures. I'm like, these are not old pictures. I'm looking at the face nope. of these pictures. I'm like, how the hell do they look the same way that they look? Oh my God. That had to be like funny, 20 years ago. <laughs> too funny. Too that, funny. That was exactly not 18, 19 years ago. I know, the, right? I was like, oh, this is not It's even, wild. This is crazy. It's wild. It's please, wild. Please give them but our guards. I, I, I will. I will. Enjoy to be around. So. I will. And then we'll, and then we'll catch I'll up soon. Be safe, man. And, and, uh, Let's we'll do call, it, we're, man. We're going to catch up again. Absolutely. I love to chop it up with you, too. So I'll, I'll be Absolutely. That'd be great. Great. Thanks, dude. Right, Loved it. Love the conversation. All I'll right, talk to you soon. Right, you got it. Bye. Bye.